0: To help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside
1: tonight on universe box.
0: We present the first annual Boxies, reveal all of the winners and review powerless.
1: This is universe box.
0: I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. This is Universe Box for February 9th, 2017. The Boxies.
1: The Boxies. Yes, uh, we're so excited for the Boxies. And uh, you you might uh, notice that we look a little different. Uh, I put on makeup. I put on makeup too, actually. That uh, doesn't surprise me. So, so you know, it, it's very good. It's very fun. Uh, if you don't know what the boxies are, they are our award show that we've done exactly once. Zero. This is the once. This is the first time we have ever done the boxies. And I'm Yay. very excited for it. It's going to be good. They're good times. Good times. I think so. I think so. I uh, got all the winners right here. They're right here. But uh, Anne-Marie. uh Yeah. Why don't you go ahead? Oh, by the way, uh, we're coming to you live Thursday night, eight thirty PM EST at live.universebox.com or Twitch Tom (laughs) or Twitch.tv/slash Universe Box. And as always, we'd like to welcome our chatters. We have Win and Angel, yay, and uh, probably a couple more people will be hopping in there momentarily. Uh, Glad to have you guys as always. Uh, Now, Anne-Marie, why don't you go ahead and tell people, because we're going to be releasing this on all of our podcast feeds. Uh,
0: Everybody's getting it. So why don't you give people... You get a podcast, and you get a podcast. Give
1: people the quick skinny on what Universe Box is.
0: Universe Box is all pop culture and entertainment news from everywhere. We've got music, we've got movies, we've got books when we got um, them, technology, and the rest, Um, as well as a few little stories that we didn't see where they fit in, but we still Wanted to talk about them.
1: Definitely. So um Yeah, actually I think uh the categories we picked for the award show will probably give you a really good yes. sense of uh sorry about that. Uh no, it will give you a really good sense of uh the kind of stuff we normally cover on the show. Yes. So, so absolutely uh, very excited for this. Uh, and, uh over in the chat room, win and Angel say we're both looking classy slash snazzy. Thank you. Thank slash you. Classy mm-hmm. again. Okay, so I get I guess that's enough preamble, right? I guess. Uh, we so. should probably go ahead and get started into the main award show. Awards Are you excited? Shows? Yay! I am very excited. I also have a drum roll queued up here. Ding. For when we announce the things, it's gonna be very, very exciting. So, uh, Anne-Marie, why don't you kind of intro our first... Uh, our first uh thing? Our, yeah, our first category.
0: Okay, so we're looking into the world of television and serialized streaming storytelling
1: in Televisionary. Yes, televisionary. Where we talk about TV and stuff. Shocker. I I know. Shocker Rooney. Shocker Rooney. Okay, so uh, Amory, what's our first category?
0: Our first category is best TV show.
1: Okay, and who are the nominees, Bill? The nominees are Gotham, Netflix's Stranger Things, and Netflix's Fooler House. So, so one Fox and two Netflix. Okay, so so you have the card there, right? The envelope, please. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, here. Uh, let me throw it to your camera, and we'll start the drum roll.
0: Best TV show is Gotham. Gotham. I,
1: I would have never guessed. I'd have never guessed. Yes, uh, <laughs> people people who listen to us like Gotham. I I'm shocked. What? I'm absolutely shocked. No, I can't believe it. Go- Gotham is such a great show, though. It is. Uh, I I mean. Well, Amory, why don't you talk about what you think about it first?
0: Okay, sure. So, of course, Gotham wins for best show. It's a comic book show for people who aren't into comics and comic book shows, i.e., me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but on top of everything, and it just being, you know, another comic show or another police show, which it's not just that. The the writing, the acting, they are phenomenal. The cinematography, the score, the look, the feel, you feel like you're in
1: Gotham when you're watching it.
0: So thumbs up, Gotham.
1: Yes, definitely. And uh, over in the chat room, uh, Wynn uh, uh wait, what accounting firm has certified these results? It's a very good question. This guy right here. Yes. Uh, you, you you just started your own accounting firm this morning. I really did. It's a Delaware I was like, corporation. you know what? And
0: it's closed. These are the winners.
1: <laughs> and uh, then and a- Google. Then Angel is also shocked that our audience is filled with Gotham fans. You
0: know, I'm surprised too. by that, too. Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know, yeah, as far as Gotham, I hate this show. You know, absolutely hate it's it. Awful, it's awful. I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, if, you, if you're if you listening on another feed and you don't know, we host a Gotham show, Legends of Gotham, uh, the number one Gotham podcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously we love Gotham, but I, I'm kind of shocked to see how well represented it was in the awards. Yes. Uh, because a couple of years ago, it probably would have been all Once Upon a Time nominations because we Once Upon a, time. a fairly popular Once Upon a Time podcast a couple of years ago. So uh, a lot about pouring of love for gotham which is great to see uh you know especially after coming off a very strong uh first half of season three yes absolutely. but uh, some of the things i like about the show are well of course the characters mm-hmm. I, I mean i'm a huge comic book fan from way way back so all of these characters kind of feel like family to me oh uh, and so it's kind of cool to see them uh you know in this sort of unexplored era of batman's history because it's normally it's kind of like Every superhero story, it's like Superman's story. It's even like uh, some more mythological stuff, like uh, the story of Jesus, you know, where it's like this, a bunch of crazy important stuff happens when they're a teenager, then dot, 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 and they're an adult and they're off doing their thing. Right. Uh, You know, so it's kind of cool to finally see this area of time in between the- Dot, dot, dot. The death. Yeah. It is. We like to see
0: the dot, dot, dot
1: dot 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 fleshed out a little bit uh so, so, and uh you know it's just kind of cool to see it develop and everything another thing i really like about gotham is the uh, the dark humor uh because oh it, yeah it's a very dark show it can be very violent but it's also hilarious it's it, absolutely
0: like and they make the most violent scenes hilarious
1: yeah uh, the more violent and crazy it gets the the funnier it is in a lot of ways and, I mean, I would be remiss, I think, if I didn't at least mention uh, probably one of my favorite things about the show, and I'm sure a lot of people can say this, and he came back in a big way this season, is Jerome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerome, uh, who is probably the Joker uh, in his early Basically days. Basically the Joker. Yeah, as far as we know, he's the Joker. But uh, As far as we're concerned, he's the Joker. He's great. And I mentioned this on our most recent Gotham podcast, too, but he he's kind of every Joker. Right. Uh, you know, uh, he... He's, he has elements of Hamill, of Nicholson, of Ledger, of Cesar Romero... And a healthy uh, dash of all of the comic book jokers in there, too. So so he's a lot of fun to be seen. And I have a feeling in season four, we're going to get a lot more of him. So who, who knows? Gotham might be winning the boxy for Best TV Show next year, too. Yes. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. So next up is a Best TV episode. This okay. is a specific episode of any show. Mm-hmm. We had a few nominated. Bill, what were the nominees? The nominees were uh, Gotham, uh, This Ball of Mud and Meanness. Fuller House, DJ and Kimmy's High School Reunion. Love it. And Luke Cage, You Know My Steez. Okay, so Anne-Marie, envelope please. envelope please. please. Oh, up. I love that I get music. Hurry up.
0: Oh, hurry up, hurry up. Gotham, This Ball of, this mud, ball and of mud and Meanness. Yes, another, another win for Gotham. Gotham.
1: Fantastico. Yes. And here to accept this award... No, I'm just kidding. There's no one here to accept <laughs> there this no award. There is no
0: one here. There was no one in the living room to accept the
1: award. <laughs> okay, uh, so this episode, if, if uh, you guys need some help remembering, um, is the episode where Bruce hunts down the killer of his parents, mm-hmm. probably, and uh, confronts him and almost kills him. Now, now, it's really close. Very, very close. It's also the episode where we first start to see the uh, Joker cult... That has become so important this season. You're sort right. of the early days of them in the in a punk rock club with a Jerry, a singer named Jerry. Uh, played well, the by, club
0: owner. I don't think she was just the, the yeah. singer. She owned the club.
1: Yeah, but uh, so you know, a lot of important stuff went down in this episode. And while Bruce doubled down on his no kill rule in the winter finale this year for mm-hmm. Gotham, this is the episode where he, I think, he decided he needed it because he was there face to face with his parents' killer, someone that for. Two seasons or so, he'd been hunting down to get revenge. And then he's there in the moment, and he realizes you know, he shouldn't do it, that he, he right. really, if he kills, then he's no better than matches Malone. I embr- The man who killed his parents. He, he realized that you can't defeat evil by striking villains down. You can only defeat them by attacking the darkness inside them and in all of us. And the, kind of the concept of evil. Like you can't, you, you can fight evil people, but mm-hmm. if you want to take, if, if you want good to win, you have to fight evil as kind of a concept too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Killing people isn't going to help. Killing
0: people does not help. No.
1: It also had a nice little uh, cameo from the mutants uh, from *Of Dark Knight Returns*. Uh, Cupcake uh, was one of the mutants. I love
0: Cupcake. He Uh, wasn't really a mutant though
1: well they, that's the name of the group is the mutants oh yeah yeah that's see? the na- name of their people gang. who don't know the things that would be me <laughs> mm-hmm. okay oh, let's see over here in the chat room uh let's see uh angel says well the possible dot 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 and also says the funniest characters in her opinion are the hitman for a mob boss and uh well proto joker right and uh win agrees that this was a great episode and uh, Angel also says, yes, it was a very impactful episode for Absolutely. Bruce. Okay, Anne-Marie, what did you think of the ball, this ball of mud and meanness?
0: Oh, the Jerry and Matches episode. Um, before we had confirmed the return of Jerome, this was my everything. This was, I like I love, 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 love Jerry and her entire character. Uh, Bruce's interactions with both characters helped him form the man and the Batman that he will become. And mm-hmm. I can't help it, but every time, GCPD, one, two, three.
1: That was very I can't nice. help it. Yeah.
0: I, can't, I, I, I just can't.
1: I, I really hope, Uh, you know, as Jerome becomes a bigger part of the series. That he that adopts they, that? Well, no, that they bring back Jerry and they have like yeah. a meeting. Uh, just because Jerry was such an awesome character. And this right. Was, she should have been the one that was leading the crazy people. But maybe she's
0: too mm-hmm. sane to lead the crazies. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: I, I am just, uh, it's to this uh, episode's credit, though, or uh, it, this episode was lucky that it didn't come out the same year as the joker three-parter though because i mean the joker three-parter that oh, we just went, the jerome three-parter this would have we just no chance through, yeah i would have no chance but no. this set up so many things that became those important. episodes yeah, right. so so very very good okay so Anne marie next up Best, Best TV actor.
0: Best TV actor. Okay, let's see. The nominees, Who are the nominees?
1: The nominees are Robin Lord Taylor for Gotham, uh, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, and Cameron Mongahan, uh, Jerome on Gotham. For Gotham. So, Anne Marie, envelope, please. And the winner is Robin Lord Taylor. Robin Lord Taylor for Gotham. Woo! I'm sensing a pattern here. I'm sensing that our
0: listeners really like
1: Gotham. Yeah, I know. The thing thing is, is, every one of these categories had one or two other nominees besides the Gotham. But they just didn't get enough votes. People just like Gotham, you know? Uh, So, Robin Lord Taylor, he plays Oswald Cobblepot, aka the Penguin, on Gotham. Right. Uh, And while he's taken a back seat to the other characters in a lot of ways uh, over the past season or so, I still think Robin is probably the best regular player on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, Getting to see him explore several. Several sides of the character in the past mm-hmm. year was a lot of fun, too. You had uh, his whole exploration uh, with his stepfamily family, his family and his uh, stepbrother and stepsisters that he killed and Eight. decapitated and all that Eight. stuff. Eight. Uh, and uh, plus, you know, Paul Rubens playing Elijah Von, Van Dahl, his father. twice. Yeah. Uh, fantastic stuff. Right. Then you had Penguin and Arkham going through Hugo Strange's Gulag. Right. Which, which was pretty fantastic. And you, you got to see... A very wide, it was really the, really the first time you got to see the Penguin as sort of a weak character. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was weak and helpless in a lot of ways when he was, you know, in the throes of uh, Hugo Strange's machinations. Right. I, and then last but not least, uh, this season has been all about Oswald becoming the mayor of Gotham City. And, I mean, I, I guess after the season finale, it remains to be seen. It's going to stay that way. It does. But uh, I, I, a very interesting trip nonetheless, especially with uh, the added bit of uh, the... Being uh, shot and thrown in the river? Well, I was going to say the whole Oz Cobblepot arc, too. The Oz fact that uh, it was revealed that over the course of this year that Penguin actually can love romantically. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we kind of got to see that fleshed out. And Robin Lord Taylor did a wonderful job with all of these things. Right. Uh, anything fun over in the chat room, uh, anne Oh,
0: let's see. Uh, Monica is joining us and says we're looking snazzy. Thank you. Yes, Ada we are. He said he's a good penguin, but I think he got the
1: support from a previous pangy.
0: Um. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Excellent. Okay,
1: so Anne-Marie, what did you think about Robin Lord Taylor? So
0: I think the journey that Robin Lord Taylor has taken his character on has been very intense, but always very cunning. Um He is seldom undermined and always quick to fight back, like no matter what, mm-hmm. everything. Um If I didn't actually know better, I would think he was actually Pinky pants. Like the, the actor is so convincing that he doesn't feel like he's acting. It feels very natural. And mm-hmm. so when you see Uh, video or hear interviews with robin lord taylor you know not as the penguin it's like he's a very soft-spoken kind
1: individual in real life well
0: you know not having the 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 limp and the turned foot and all of that makes a huge difference the characterizations never cease Mm -hmm. they never cease the 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 look in his eye like he he portrays every aspect he he Pulls in the aura of Oswald
1: Cobblepot, so definitely, and I, I think in a lot of ways, and for a lot of people who aren't familiar with the comics, this was his character to define. Because I mean, really, if if you don't watch any cartoons or anything yeah. in set in the DC universe, really, the only broad version of the Penguin we <laughs> that saying- has been exposed. Uh, in, in movies and stuff has been Danny DeVito's Penguin uh-huh. and Burgess Meredith on the old show which was very much a character
0: yeah no, uh, no it's all Danny DeVito to me like that's my little like I see him just so it, it,
1: and I definitely at this point stage in the game I really think that uh, this Penguin can grow into the Penguin I know from the comic books which is really cool to see too yeah okay so next up and I think this is going to wrap it up for our TV category is televisionary is the last
0: televisionary will be ending
1: is a, is a best TV act Actress. Now, yes. our nominees were Britt Marling for the OA. the OA, Aaron Richards for Gotham, and Candace Cameron Burr for Fuller House. So, Anne Marie, you got the envelope?
0: I've got the envelope. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Hold on. Let me
1: start it over again. There we go. It's Aaron Richards. Aaron Richards for, Richards Gotham. for Gotham. I am <laughs> shocked. Another Amazed. win for Gotham. Which, by Gotham the way, fuck. I had pangy pants here too. I never showed What are you them. doing? I know. Well. But Aaron Richards for Gotham. Aaron
0: Richards for Gotham.
1: Uh, fantastic stuff. Fantastic Absolutely. stuff. A uh, uh, big, I mean, Gotham is sweeping the, the first uh, annual box. Gotham
0: has completely swept the television category. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Completely swept it. <laughs> it, I,
1: it, it, is, it is a shutout. It is uh, a as shutout. It were. So, yes. uh, Amory, what are your thoughts about Aaron Richards as Stabby Bags?
0: <clears throat> so, as Barbara, Aaron Richards has really come into her own on Gotham. The growth within her character and and. And the flair that she brings to the screen always demands that everyone pay attention to her, even when she's like literally not the first. She could be in the background and it's just like her stance and the way she carries herself Mm -hmm. um, is just – it commands attention and respect. And she has taken this character on such a journey over the past few years, but especially in the past year, I think, um, where she realizes who she wants to be and what she wants to be. And I think Aaron brings that to the screen beautifully.
1: Definitely. And over in the chat room, uh, Angel says, "Gas, stabby babs one. And also remember when people couldn't stand Barbara in season one. Yeah. Like everybody was 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 a Barbara Keene hater.
0: I had moments, but I think I only was a Barbara Keene hater for about three episodes. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure she disappeared and went to mom and dad's house during those episodes. (laughs) I was like, she, she she just up and left. So...
1: Yeah, but, but you know, it, very, very... Uh, congratulations, Congratulations, yes. Uh, Barbara is a character, I I think. Uh, you know, I, I was one of those people who was... I didn't hate her in season one, but I was a little uneven on her. Uh, but she really won me over in season two. I, the one sad thing, though, is that in season three, she hasn't been quite as stabby crazy. Uh, she's been more cold and calculating and sadistic.
0: I mean, she hasn't been um, mm-hmm. random stab, stab, stab. But she still has elements of stabby babs. She
1: definitely, definitely I think, she has moments.
0: The, the the stabbing is what helped her realize that she was a bad guy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And she she's finding better ways to do it. She doesn't have mm-hmm. to be the crazy. She can be calculated but because I, she sees the calculated working better for others. Mm-hmm. So she real, she she's adapting.
1: Yeah. So. I, I do kind of miss the the ultra savvy Babs though. Like,
0: oh, I I would pay money to have her and Lee have another um, stabby battle
1: over like pie or whatever. Well, I was gonna say I'd really love to see another episode like the one where she tried to marry Jim and kidnapped Lee and everything. Yeah. Uh, but you know, even though even though she's been a little disappointing to me in season three, very much deserve Aaron Richards. Congratulations for your your first Foxy. Your
0: first boxy, uh, yes. Over
1: in the chat room, Monica says, uh, but she was so bad. I had for Jim. I love Jim. Uh, you can't be bad to him if you're supposed to be somebody good for him. I still yeah. love them together.
0: I would love to see what them, like, attempting a relationship mm-hmm. now would be like.
1: You know, uh, going back to uh, our best actor winner, I-, I thought it was interesting the last couple episodes this season to kind of look back and see her and Penguin's interactions, thinking back to that first time they met when Penguin knocked on her door in, like, the episode two or three. Yeah. And it, that was, like, the cliffhanger. Yeah. And she was so freaked out by him and, like, uh, I don't know. And, and then you just see them and, and she's, she's one-upped them, she is know. completely rolling him. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. fantastic. Fantastic stuff. Okay, enough about television, Anne-Marie.
0: Exactly. Grab your popcorn and find your seat. We are opening up the curtain on Matters*. Yes!
1: Okay, so we have several movie categories here. Of course yes, starting with Best Movie. Best movie of twenty sixteen. Our nominees were Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, uh, Batman, Be Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Full Name. And La La Land. <laughs> so Anne Marie, you got the envelope. I've got the envelope. Better open it quick so I don't have to play this drum roll again. Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them.
0: Where to Find Them. Okay. It's in a suitcase,
1: <laughs> in case you didn't know. Spoilers. Sorry, Batman v. Superman. I wanted you to win. <laughs> but, but and about three
0: other people, and that's Obviously, it. other
1: people didn't. <laughs> uh, so, Anne-Marie, what did you think about Fantastic Beast? I know we talked about it a bit. We did. We
0: did talk about it. Um, you know, it's the Harry Potter movie that no one really knew they needed until... It was thrown in their face. Um, it was done so well. This mu- movie answered so many questions about magic outside of Europe because that's all we really got through the Harry Potter franchise. Mm-hmm. We got, like, Europe and Romania, I believe. And my, my trivia is failing <laughs> me now. Um, but we finally got to battle a demon other than Voldemort. We saw a beast that Hagrid would even squeal with delight to see. It was just nice to be in the world but not have to be focused on the trio.
1: Yeah, and the overarching seven-book story.
0: Right. It, it, it's nice to— Or the Quidditch. Stop. <laughs> we re- like we can talk about things without mentioning Quidditch. I, I wasn't going to. No, I'm always mentioning Quidditch. I know. Just what I do. J-
1: just to say that I hate it, that's all.
0: I loved Fantastic Beasts. I do look forward to the sequel because it's very obvious mm-hmm. we are getting a sequel.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think uh, the way I put it when we uh, discussed this on Universe Box was that this, this was this movie fulfilled the promise that Harry Potter made me back in ninety nine or two thousand or whenever I first uh, mm-hmm. read the book. It, it, I, it kind of, uh it hinted at this wider magical world that's been. Just underneath the surface for everyone's entire lives, right? And that's really the story I wanted to see. As as, I, as it went on and it got, uh, you know, more into just like this big overarching plot with Voldemort and all this other stuff, it it, it kind of lost me. That in the Quidditch, obviously, but I I thought Fantastic Beasts just busted out phenomenally, and uh, I it, it it had a, a very clear conflict that while hinted at what the conflicts will be in the future movies, I don't think it was all about them, which I think helped it a lot. It, it, it was a very self-contained story with just a little bit of a hint, like, hey, something else might be coming. Right. Uh, so and it's not going to be the same villain for all, all the movies, hopefully. Right. Uh, let's see. Over in the chat room, uh, Angel says, uh, yay to Fantastic Beast winning. Also, uh, learn more about another antagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Okay, so next up, it's 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 an actorly uh nomination here or an actress or well i mean actor actresses or actors too best movie actress okay uh we have amy adams for batman v superman i'm sure uh, rebecca johnson derby kid was here she she, probably voted six times for yeah uh tara strong as batgirl in the killing joke and there's a theme yeah and uh last but not least Emma Stone for La La Land. So, Anne-Marie, do you have the envelope I ready? I have the envelope. Okay.
0: Bam! Emma Stone for La La Land. Emma Stone la la for la la, 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 la la Land.
1: Congratulations. Yay. The first non-Gotham person, I, I guess, no, Fantastic No, Fantastic Beasts was first. Uh, but, no, no, this was really great. And this is something that uh, I saw La La Land uh, while we were on break from podcasting. So I didn't really get much of a chance to talk about it on the podcast. But I, I thought, uh, specifically talking about Emma Stone, I think she did a really good job in this movie. She's mm-hmm. not, she's not this perfect American Idol type singer, uh, which I thought uh, was fantastic. You know, because too many shows and movies and musicals uh, go after these kind of triple threat perfectionists who are technically great, but they don't really bring any characters th- to their role. You know, you have right. you have a lineup of. You know 50 dudes and 50 chicks and they all are basically identical and perform right. identically and everything else so it was really great to see just more of a i i mean emma stone isn't exactly like a, a complete normie but it, by hollywood yeah. standards uh she's definitely more more of just like a normal person uh, i right. in a normal singer too i mean she 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 was good but not like blowing Whoa. your your mind away right. but it, the character was allowed to come out a lot more because of that mm. i think I, in fact, the entire cast, uh, minus you know the background dancers and stuff, felt like real people who just happened to be singing some songs, and it it felt more like a local theater's production of a musical than a big Hollywood show-stopping musical. But just, they flew. Like, well, I was going to say just <laughs> from an acting perspective. Oh. Obviously, uh, from a staging perspective, from cinematography. It's very, very uh, bombastic. Uh, But I I think a lot of the uh, cinematography reminded me of sort of going to see a play, too, because there were a lot of fast pans, which is what you do when you're at a, at a play, Like because there's action over here, there's action over there, it's up there, you know what's going on. Right. Uh, so, and I the camera really felt like that, I, a lot, but uh, Emma also had my favorite song in the show, which mm-hmm. was Audition, uh, The Fools Who Dreamed, that she sings right at the end. Mm-hmm. The imagery was very powerful uh, in the lyrics, as was the staging. I yeah. it, it was a real punch to the heart before the big finish. The staging I really like, because it's it, it's I think it's all one camera shot I think so. and it starts with her standing in front of like this audition table doing an audition they're like tell us a story and sh- she starts talking about this story and then she starts saying this story the lights go down the camera goes and goes all the way around here her i'm guessing they had to they had to fly out the people sitting at the table uh you fly know them back in because they were so close to her they even in the dark like that they would have appeared on camera right and then fly them back in right at the end just like Fant- I I would love to see a behind the scenes on that, maybe in the special features or something. Maybe that would but be cool. It, let's see here. Over in the chat room. No one has seen it. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: no one in our chat has seen it.
1: No one in the, in the chat has seen it. It's a great movie. It really back. is it's a really good movie. See but what did you think about it?
0: Bring and Emma. Bring back musicals on the reg, please. Mm-hmm. Um Emma's performance in La La Land screams for musicals to become a more common theatrical occurrence. Uh, You know, they Mm -hmm. once were musicals were a very common Hollywood thing. And now all of a sudden we like, we, we don't get them now. And um, this, this makes me really, really want to see more. Um, Emma draws a world of emotions out of you every, in every scene. Like you, you can, you go the roller coaster with her, Mm -hmm. which is a sign of a good actress. If they can take you on the journey. Um, There is something about watching a successful actress play a struggling actress that I absolutely love though. Like (laughs) I love stories about actresses and actors. Yeah,
1: yeah that that that's, was my that yeah. was my my one worry going into this movie was because you know, just reading the plot description and stuff, it sounded like I when I lived in LA, I used to be a script reader, so I would read right. people would submit scripts and I would read them to let the agents know mm-hmm. if, if they should give them a read or not. I'd write right. uh, what's called coverage, which is like a basically a book report on the script. And this basic plot for La La Land, I probably read in a dozen different scripts. It's just such a cliche sort of story to tell, especially for people, young people trying to come up in the business in LA. It's their life. So everyone's trying to tell that story. But I thought it was done in a really original way. And I, it, it, there's a there's kind of a twist to it at the end right that you don't necessarily see coming because you don't
0: know there's not a necessarily there's you don't see it coming yeah. and it, it it hits you oh it hits definitely. you hard
1: hits you in a big big way yeah. but i Go I, see I, it. I will say one of my favorite uh, um, uh another one of my favorite emma stone mo- moments in the movie mm-hmm. was uh when she she decides to embrace her boyfriend's you know jazz career and mm-hmm. she's going to the clubs and everything to watch him play and they do that thing where they pan back and forth to him and then they pan over to her and she's like doing this really dorky dancing Uh to the jazz music and back and forth so so good stuff all the way around it's precious it was okay so next up is best movie actor i am and who are the nominees the nominees are jesse eisenberg for batman v superman benedict cumberbatch for dr strange and john goodman for 10 cloverfield lane anne-marie Envelope, please. And the winner is Benedict Cumberbatch for Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. (laughs) uh, (laughs) For Doctor...
0: That could go so many ways.
1: The Doctor Strange named... Doctor
0: Strange.
1: ...guy there. But uh, they luckily uh since this got nominated and stuff it was actually a movie we'd seen we saw this one yes because I I, th- I I think it was my first marvel movie since guardians of the galaxy and i think this is my your... first
0: movie since the first iron man
1: yeah so so luckily <laughs> it's been a while luckily we didn't have to run back and cram for for this this week by right. watching doctor strange so
0: what did you think
1: of benedict's <sighs> okay performance you know i'm a big cumberbatch fan yes. uh but but and while i didn't think this was one of his better roles particularly all of the cartoons character cape bits, which I hear were his idea. Uh, I hear they, <laughs>
0: they were his idea. Yeah, I
1: hear turning his cape into the the Carpet from Aladdin was his idea, oh, and it wasn't originally that. in the script or anything like nice. that. But I, I did think he did do a good job uh, with what he was given. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many actors could get lost in all the special effects and all of the grandiose sort of concepts, but he, I think I thought you know with all that stuff going on, his personality was still the most prominent thing about the movie. And right. we had some problems with it too, which I think we talked about. We did. We've talked about a, a, a bit on the show. But uh, right. Emery, what, what, what do you think about this? controversial winner
0: <laughs> well once you move past benedict's american accent oh it's awful um yeah, his performance really was, was really lovely bad, yeah um he's slaying villains from within himself and on the outside all while learning basically about a new culture he didn't even know existed and honing his skills of practicing magic
1: really mm-hmm.
0: like there's a lot of magic on our show definitely um so i, I thought it was a really good It was interesting to watch again. The actor went on a journey. Apparently, that's just like my phrase tonight. Um, Mm -hmm. where you know he was this very self centered surgeon and then not able to do that anymore and had to take the journey to find out who he really was or rather who he had
1: become. I don't necessarily believe who he really was. It it was the classic Marvel origin story. <laughs> a, a, a man filled with hubris gets exposed to some power beyond his control oh, no. and becomes a superhero. I <laughs> uh, but but uh, you know I, I, what was your favorite Cumberbatch moment in, in the movie? Oh, it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's been a couple months now. I don't know. What you was don't sure.
0: know? No, I don't remember. I'm sorry.
1: I I, I think just a. Uh, the, the, the shock he had when he, he 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 first went through one of the portals uh, in, can you imagine snow? going through yeah. a portal yeah yeah i really enjoyed that i also i also just as an action sequence i really enjoyed uh i uh, the the first time he he traveled to the uh
0: yeah the other the, side thing the the flippy thing
1: the sanctum yeah uh, the san- his sanctum in New York City, his yeah. his, his home there. Yeah, uh, and he's fighting all those other characters and everything. I, I thought that was just a really well done fight scene with all the magic stuff the and everything. Stuff.
0: Um, over in the chat room, Angel says, "Woo, I think he actually did all right." I still cringe at the memory of his American accent. Uh, Wynn says, "I couldn't <laughs> go, s- I couldn't go see it. Still hate his casting as strange." Angel says, "I think there could have been better people, but I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt." I agree. I I personally had a very hard time separating him from Sherlock.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely. I think
0: that's just one of those characters and roles that are very Mm. iconic and the actor sort of becomes that person.
1: Well, you know, congratulations, Benedict. You didn't cumber botch this one. Uh, So (laughs) let's see. Now it's time. uh,
0: Uh, We'll take a gigabyte out of the future and not microchipping our teeth. Let's get technological. (laughs) Technological
1: Okay, now for technological, uh, our our category for technological is the best tech gadget slash product slash breakthrough, uh, ever.
0: Ever. The ever, best thing ever. Ever.
1: Ever in twenty sixteen.
0: Ever for the past. Okay, year. Uh, now our, nomi- well, we're our
1: nominees. Our nominees were Pokemon Go, the Pokemon. iPhone game. Uh, smart- Not just iPhone. Yeah, iPhone and Android. Yeah. The phone game. The phone game. Uh, smartwatches. General smartwatches. And Discord servers, which is a way to uh, chat with people while you're gaming. I I have a feeling I might know who nominated that one, someone in our chat room. Okay, uh, so let's see here. Anne-Marie, do you have the envelope? I have the envelope. Okay, so let's see. The winner is Pokemon Go. Pokemon Pokemon Go, yes. uh, Shockingly. Shocker. uh, Considering we've talked about it so many times on this podcast. I believe we've live Pokemon hunted have we we have nice very nice times yes yeah but you know what can i say i I love the app even though i don't get to play it as much since it's dark earlier because i usually play it by going for a walk and i would usually do that after work and i can't now because it's dark and i I don't want to wander too far from home because there's werewolves out there Uh, and you can't catch those guys in pokeballs let me tell you uh, but, but i still end up loading it at least twice a day i I, right. I still end up playing it at least twice a day uh it's a fun family activity too it uh, is, yes. i i love uh something i i don't know if we really have ever mentioned this before but probably at least once a week uh we end up going out to the lake mm-hmm. and uh on my lunch break from work and taking a poke walk around the lake mm-hmm. and usually taking over the gym for a second for at least
0: a hot second of collector yeah. coins it's you know it's fun to play the game it's also. It, I uh, one of my favorite things about Pokemon and Go is that it got people outside.
1: Yeah. Like and interacting with each other too.
0: Right, especially when it first came out there was a lot a lot a lot more interaction between people who were
1: playing. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come back around over the summer too because, you know, it Summer's the perfect time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I hope if nothing else it has launched a trend for augmented reality stuff in the coming year. Right. Uh, j- just because I I I think uh that has me way more excited technologically uh, than virtual reality does because virtual reality is closing yourself off from the world and going into a different world where augmented reality is just putting a nice fun coat of paint on the world you already live in. You know, uh, and for the record, I just want to say I'm a level 25 Pokemon hunter and I've walked over 400 kilometers playing the game. You know, and that's the thing, like it it's
0: gotten people walking. Like if yeah. we if we go to play Pokemon Go, I almost always hit my step goal, which makes me very happy.
1: Yeah, and, and I I know people who have uh you, you know a bit, bit of a serious issue uh with weight that have have you know, been losing major poundage because Pokemon you Go is actually getting them out there because, you know, it's a uh, gamification. I, I mean, it is a game, but there's all sorts of little things that just keep you playing. Like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll find myself coming in from a walk and then I'll sit here catching Pokemon for 10 minutes and evolving them and trading them in and doing all this admin work and everything. But mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of incentive to keep going. Right. Uh, but Amory, what do you think about Pokemon
0: Level twenty four up in here, y'all. Um, so I resisted the idea of Pokemon Go from the beginning, uh, because it really I, I never got into Pokemon when, you know, twenty years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but then I caved and I play it basically every day. Um <laughs> I told myself that I was downloading it for the kids. Like we got it the weekend, it came out. Like, what did I I resisted for like a day and a half. Yeah. But people had been talking about it and talking about it, talking about it for months. So I was like, I really can't handle mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but with the adventures, too, there's always something new to collect. There, you, The Pokemon to train. It's fun to see things that are new and exciting. However, if my kid could stop asking me when they're going to be releasing this Pokemon and that Pokemon that I've never heard of and I never plan to hear of again. What are you going to do, Gen 3, Mom? When are you going to evolution that evangelize this? And um, I'm going to rename this. You're not going to know what it is. And, I want to mute too. Yeah. Um, can, <laughs> can I do this? Can I, can I evolve him one more time? Like, this is my life. Will the Pokemon come out of the game and live with us? Thankfully, they know
1: better. <laughs> but the Pokemon cards come out. But no, Pokemon goes awesome. And there's also a Valentine's Day event going on. There right is. There, so. Everything
0: pink. And yeah. there's lots of like doubles and triples
1: and one stuff. Of the, after we wrap up here tonight, one of the things I have to go do is I have to go catch a Pokemon and spin a Poke stuff because I haven't gotten it to get your bonuses. Because I, I didn't uh, get up early enough to go work out, which is when I normally do it this tisk, morning. Tsk, tisk tisk Which is a shame. Okay, we're going to take a little break here. Then get back for more Boxies action. Boxies! Uh, uh, th- this is a... Uh, We love this video. This is probably the last time we're going to play it, though, because the contest ends next week. Tuesday. It ends Tuesday. So if you haven't entered uh, this contest, you need to do it. Here's how. Gotham Bulletin. Penguin and Enigma are attacking the GCPD. There, we infiltrated the GCPD. You'll pay
0: for not being my friend, Jim Gordon. Listen here, you pencil neck dweebs. Bullock and Gordon
1: are here on the case. When is the time of a clock like the whistle of a train, when it's 2 to 2? Karate action Real character voices you provide ah! And now, Arkham action Stabby Babs The jig's up, Barbara. You're coming with me Any chance he'll let me gut you like a fish? Ah, Stabby! It's fun for the whole family Win Bruce, Saz, or Stabby Babs figures by entering our Gotham Sweetheart Contest Three chances to win follow us at twitch.tv slash universebox, support us at patreon.com slash universebox, or leave a review for any of our podcasts on iTunes. We'll pick the winners on February 14th. Gotham action figures from Diamond Select Toys, available online and at toy stores nationwide.
0: Bring Gotham Gotham to life! life!
1: Yes, the Gotham Sweetheart giveaway, where you can win... Awesome toys like this. Uh, like they are really fun. You just have a few more days to enter. We really hope you do. If nothing else, just go over to twitch.tv slash universebox and follow us. That way, if nothing else, you can set up to where you can get notified whenever we go live for podcasts or other fun stuff. Uh, one thing we've actually been talking about doing is going and pulling some clips from throughout all, all of our years of podcasting, maybe doing just kind of like a best of with commentary over top of it. You know, some of our, our favorite stuff from the past few years. So
0: we're going to talk over ourselves talking about stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of revisit. Do tell we get magic it. juice? We Oh, definitely. There okay. will be magic juice. There Twitch.tv twitch. slash universe box. And also, if you want to support us, a great way to do that is going over to uh, patreon.com Patreon. slash universe box where you can uh, support us. It's kind of like. Uh, it's like your own personal boxy. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's just a way you can kind of throw a little monetary support our way, because, I mean, we have hosting costs, lights, internet, all that kind of stuff. It's really helpful to us. We won't belabor the point here. It's patreon.com slash universebox, but probably one of the best things about it is there's different rewards you can get for different mm-hmm. support levels. Uh, the biggest support level, as far as benefits, is the $5 Star Patrons Club. Not only do you get your name read out on every episode of every podcast we do, but you will also win your own personalized boxy there you go uh, and by win your own personalized boxy i mean you can you can photoshop the boxy out of our logo for tonight's episode and print it out and hang it up on your wall the people who uh need a color printer to do it are becca Baca, harry Seidler, angel monica jones other Anne marie Costa commotion sage of earth aka patty jacob newman robert cadler hope mullinax And Jessica Gonzalez. You can be one of those people, too. You get the boxy for Patreon. Patreon.com slash Universe Box. And remember remember to think outside. outside. Okay, so next up, comics, novels, Dr. Seuss. As long as you can read it, we've indexed it and shoved it in a folder. Let's crack open
0: the The bibliophile.
1: Okay, yet again, uh, this is another category in the boxies, of course. Okay, uh, for best book... Of 2016 Okay now our nominees uh, for this category Are The Flintstones from DC Comics A White Trash 400 year old story Of class in America By uh, I forget the author's first name Eisenberg And then Brian Cranston's memoir A Life in Parts so Anne-Marie, uh, actually, like the weird thing is, is I, I only nominated, because we each nominated stuff, I only nominated one of them, the Flintstones, but I've read the other two within the past month and a half or so, which was kind of weird. Yes. Uh, but I don't know if I mentioned them publicly and gave the other, other people the you idea. You may have, because you or do for Or if people just have independent thoughts outside of me. I No, that can't be it. Okay, Anne-Marie, uh, Envelope.
0: The Flintstones DC comic.
1: The Flintstones, Flintstones yes. The uh, Flintstones,
0: meet the Flintstones.
1: They're your modern Stone Age family. <laughs> From the town of Bedrock, they're There's a place right out of history. Wilma! No, the Flintstones. Amory, okay, so people have. I, I've recommended this on suggestibles before, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm sure people because you read your first issue of it today because we saw this was probably winning uh so why don't why don't you give your impressions of it ah because you you read issue five right i read issue
0: five okay so i'm horribly behind on all of my reading like literally everything that i want to read but when bill slipped me a copy of this i was i was kind of impressed so i'm not much of a comic reader at all i don't like i the style it doesn't my head doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. um so I was very hesitant, but this was a very politically packed and very muscular book. Um, <laughs> it was really smart. It got you thinking, but the parallels to reality were very frightening, mm-hmm. actually.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's a series that's very topical. It's very satirical. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's not quite as immediate as, like, say, an SNL sketches about commenting on current right. events. But it's usually within a month or two of, you know, a big topic in the public uh, forum. And then the mm-hmm. Flintstones addresses it. Uh, but you liked it?
0: I mean, I, I liked it, but I'm probably not going to read another one.
1: Oh, you're not going to?
0: No. it's I, I, don't, I don't enjoy reading
1: comics. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: sorry. I just, I, I've, I've tried reading a few now at this point and it's just, it's not my thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's hard to, uh, and I Scott McLeod talks a lot about this in his book, uh, Understanding Comics. It's hard because if you didn't, Start reading them when you were young It's really hard to learn the grammar of them And learn learn the flow of them And it, it stops a lot of people from reading comic books And I, I, I wish there was I, I mean his book Understanding Comics Is a really good kind of pathway Into understanding how they work And how it works p- panel to panel And why the gutter is so important And how the, the reader actually controls controls The flow of time uh, w- within a story, uh, but a lot of people aren't going to invest time into a hundred-plus-page instruction manual to learn how to read a comic to do it. So, if anything, I have I no w-
0: less than fifty books that I want to read, that mm. does not trump them.
1: <laughs> it, if anything, I wish I, I could I could commandeer a time machine, go back in time to when you were a kid, give you like some gem comic books or some Barbie comics or Shira, or. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I and uh, it can kind of get get you hook them when they're young, and then I would uh, continue traveling back in time until I reached the time of the Flintstones, which in my opinion is the best comic book out right now. Uh, Steve Pugh uh, does a, a fantastic job of reworking the classic characters into a satire on modern culture which is uh what the the series was originally anyway mm-hmm. the original uh, the original cartoon series it was uh, the first cartoon series in prime time so yeah. it its target audience wasn't children it was adults and it mm-hmm. commented on matters of the day uh, you know celebrity stuff uh you know political drama but it did it in a safe for tv in the 60s kind of way so so you know dc comics isn't hampered by that sort of thing in this book which means it can be a bit more cutting in its satire It it definitely was for sure but very good stuff and uh, even the more outlandish concepts like the great gazoo Mm. are portrayed sort of realistically i now i haven't kept up on any of the other hanna-barbera books like scooby-doo apocalypse wacky raceland where they've done serious takes uh you know they've done serious serious takes on all these different hanna-barbera properties Mm -hmm. uh but this is one is it's just a comic book i can't miss every month it comes out i have to read it as soon as it's available it's just such a great book. I. Uh, you know, other people have co- problems with comics like you, Anne-Marie. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in the chat room, Monica says, for me, it's the serialized nature of them. I can sit down and read a novel, no problem, but bits and pieces I have trouble following. See,
0: there's that too. Like, I just want it all in <laughs> one spot Yeah, because as soon, if I get into something, I want to...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hello, the binge-watching TV. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. all the same thing. When I was younger... um." I would read Babysitter's Club and I w- raced myself yeah, to see how quickly I could read mm-hmm. one. The day I got it under 24 hours, mm-hmm. I celebrated.
1: We, like, we, which is why a lot of people I know who read comics, especially if they don't collect them for value or, you know... For my college education, which will never pay out, um, you know, they, they prefer the collected editions because it, it, it is that sort of bin, binge watching thing. Plus, uh, the way comic storytelling is decompressed these days, you know, you can, if, if you're a decently fast reader, like I can read through a monthly comic book in about five or six minutes. Yeah, a lot like, of times. That's not appealing to me. That's the nice thing, though, about the Flintstones. One, there's a lot more text, there's a lot more. Uh, panels on a page so there's a lot more content and two uh you know if you don't like the serialized nature of comics it's all the same characters it's set in the same world the same continuity but each issue is very much a standalone concept sort of thing it's kind of like you know it's a sitcom uh it's based on a sitcom a situation comedy so it's all the same characters same setting a different situation in every story the comic and i mean there are some threads like uh you find out a, more and more about the cave or, or the war between the cave people and the tree people, mm-hmm. and it, that kind of cultivates in issue number five yeah, it does. in a big way. It, it's the first issue that made me tear up of the Flintstones, but really, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, good, good stuff though. Uh, for also the one they did on marriage, I thought was really good too. It's issue number three, I think, about the concept of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very good stuff. Okay, so. Another boxy here. Another boxy. And this is for best fictional character. um, Overall. In any
0: any everything. Like, there was no limits. It could have been TV, movies, books, pop culture of any sort. You know, it could have been Kanye.
1: It could have been Kanye. Because
0: Kanye's totally a fictional character. Kanye's kind
1: of a fictional character. Okay. So our, our, um, our, our nominees are the OA... Sherlock, which I don't think Sherlock actually had an episode in twenty sixteen, but somehow we got it. We can't really remember. And last but not least, Oswald Cobblepot. Now Anne Marie. I've got the envelope. Okay, take it away. (laughs) Oswald Cobblepot. Yes, yeah, so Oswald Cobblepot. Another back
0: to Gotham, folks. Yeah, and,
1: and I don't think that's the comic book version of Oswald Cobblepot either. either. I don't that's think so. Definitely pangy pants here, but uh, you know, I feel kind of feel like I said everything I had to say about. The Penguin on Gotham when we when he you won. You talked
0: a little bit more of Penguin versus Robin Lord Taylor earlier.
1: Yeah, so Here, let
0: me talk a little bit of Penguin. Okay. So like I said the character has gone through many changes recently. Um from being the head of the underworld to being the um to being the mayor to being, you know, shot and tossed back in the river. Um I cannot wait to see him rise from the ashes like he always does and where he will go next. Who will be the target of his torment?
1: We'll find out. I don't know, but over in the chat room, they've revealed the uh, season four tagline for Gotham, which is "Gotham: Rise of the Boxies." Right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- <laughs> yes. I, I, I think I think uh, I, I think we're actually a Fox property now. We've, we've awarded <laughs> enough uh, prizes to Gotham that we a- we're actually owned by Fox now. We're now owned now. by Fox. Oh, if only we were. Watch 24 Legacy Monday night. Oh no. no. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I don't really have too much more to say on the penguin. I think I said all I had to say about him. Okay. You know, beforehand. Uh, keep it going, Robin Lord Taylor and Pangy Pants and all the other stuff. And all right. Now it's time
0: to throw, throw in on... your headphones and warm up your pipes. We're going to make sure your modern music knowledge is and in. Tune.
1: <laughs> Okay, uh, so our uh, boxy for our in tune category is best, best album, album of 2016, uh, and uh, I, I've heard two or three, two of three of these. Um, okay, first up is the Hamilton mixtape. Next is Cleopatra by the Lumi- Lumineers. Lu- Lumineers. Mm-hmm. That and, would be the one he doesn't know. <laughs> and last but not least is Stephen Page, uh, formerly of Bare Naked Ladies, Heal Thyself Part One. Instinct. So, and Do you
0: still need to say that? Like, he's been on his own for, like,
1: five years. I know, but he hasn't really taken off. Okay, so Anne-Marie, drumroll, please.
0: Alexander Hamilton.
1: Yes, the Hamilton mixtape. No surprises here. No surprises. Uh, by, by the way, I will say that, you know, you might be thinking, oh, Bill and Anne-Marie went and voted, like, 6,000 times. A piece. Nope. I think we each voted once.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even nominate... <laughs> I completely and, and, forgot to nominate and he's like, "Okay, put together the categories." I was like, "I didn't I didn't."
1: Oh. And we we had a decent showing. We had probably about what 30 people vote. Yeah, so Don't tell them. It could be so much better. <laughs> it could be so much better, but you know what? It's fine because you know they voted. They did uh, vote. Yeah, so Hamilton Mixtape. Uh, now this was while this wasn't as good to me as the cast recording was, which was kind of well, a revelation to me over the past or last 6, six months. months of uh 2016. Uh, there are some fun variations on this album. My favorite track is probably Say Yes to This, which is a, an original song set to the, the music. I, uh, from a song from the show. It's a response song to Alexander Hamilton's solo number, Say No to This, from the show, mm-hmm. where basically, uh, and it's interesting because they still have Hamilton's backing vocals on oh, the really? track, and it's the same tune and everything, but it, it's told from the perspective of the character he tries and fails to say no to in his song. And it's Say Yes to This, and it's, you know, kind of all the uh, subtle. It, she gives voice to all the subtle like body language type stuff she's doing within the song to get him to say yes, yes. to this. Uh, so it, very interesting uh, track there for sure. It, I, I felt like if anything, uh, there was a weakness in that some tracks veer a little too far off course. And they're really just sort of wrapping riffs on songs from the show without really a lot of content about Alexander Hamilton or the characters or themes of the show. Uh, but at the same Gotta time- Got to get those big names, though. Yeah, e- e- even those so- numbers are pretty catchy, though. And mm. I can't wait for Volume 2, because Volume 2 is coming out this year, I think. Is so, it? Yeah. Nice. So very excited about that. So, Emery, what do you think about me playing this all the time? Oh,
0: constant. Um, this mixtape, along with the original soundtrack, are beautifully infectious. The songs stick with you long after the melodies cease. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, And each has its own tone and energy to take you on a journey, because that's my phrase. Um, Even if you haven't seen the musical, like myself, uh, more shows need to do something like this. Like, I would absolutely adore to see, like, a different version of Wicked, like the Wicked mixtape. How fantastic could that be? Because the only, like, uh, um, it's like Glee. It's Mm -hmm. like Glee versions of musical songs, but, you know, good. Um,
1: yeah, uh, it it reminds me of, uh, there was an album that came out, I think in the late nineties, early, no, uh, (laughs) late nineties or early 2000s called Saturday morning, uh, cartoons. Uh And it was a bunch of popular bands at the time, like sublime Semisonic, a bunch of these other bands doing covers of cartoon theme songs. And I, I think that would be a really fun concept, uh, to see hashed out with, uh, Hashed out with uh, like Broadway musicals, right. you know, like maybe, <laughs> maybe have like a, I don't know, like a Green Day do a song from Little Shop of Horrors or. Ooh. Yeah, and I don't even like Little Shop. Uh, I don't know. Barry Naked Ladies do a song from any show ever uh, would be kind of cool. <laughs> Please, just
0: play the things.
1: <laughs> uh, over in the chat room, Angel says the word of tonight's show, Journey. Ah! <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely a a (laughs) lot of fun. And congratulations to Hamilton Mixtape. Yes. I'm sure it's the biggest award you'll be winning all year. Uh, But with that, I believe that's all of our boxy. So we would like to thank
0: everyone. Yeah, so a big
1: round of applause. From Anne Marie, too. Yay!
0: This is me applauding all of the winners.
1: Yes, a uh, very, very. Uh, I I really like this. I think we should do this again next year, maybe with a little more planning, because I think we threw this together in a few days. Yeah. Well I mean, really, it was a two-week process, mm-hmm. and it, we said we should do this, and then we did it. And we were out of peak season for our podcast stuff, so we didn't have as much chance to promote it as we would have liked to. Yeah, but it would have just been more Gotham. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) next year, uh, we're going to start early. Maybe we'll start in, like, November, starting to collect nominations and stuff like that. So stay tuned and remind us so we don't forget. Please. Now, what's in the box? You're about to find out. We've each selected a special story to discuss. Let's pop open the Universe Universe Box. (laughs) Cam okay, Marie, so what's your universe box for this week? Ooh, next
0: Netflix is getting even more awesome. Um, so this week apparently Netflix has decided to announce everything's like oh
1: company. I'm playing the Grace and Frankie trailer by the way no don't okay.
0: play the Grace and Frankie trailer there's some
1: naughty stuff there
0: are, it, it, that's all it is is naughty stuff um, but so we've gotten that Bill Nye has a new show Anne of Green Gables which you can see on the screen now uh, Grace and Frankie which if you're easily offended just stay away from uh, <laughs> The OA which I didn't know was getting a second season and I have no idea where they're going to go so I'm really excited about that and Stranger Things season two doesn't come till Halloween, but hey, we know for sure it's coming. Yeah, um, you know, just to name a few, and I'm sure there was more that I just didn't see because, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't even see the Bill Nye and OA and all that until like I was putting this together. I was like, What? Yeah. Um, I just have a feeling that I'm going to be spending even more time watching TV <laughs> over the next year, and how do I accomplish all of the things and watch all of the TV and still sleep?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about one of these. Yeah, I know uh, you do. Because the Bill Nye show, I've been really excited about. <coughs> I actually got to meet Bill Nye last year. Here we go. And I was like, I, I, I heard about your Netflix show. That's so awesome. No, you didn't. Yeah, I mentioned oh. it because it had just come out. I think the news was, came out that week oh. uh, that he was doing it. And uh, But then I watched the trailer uh, this morning for it, and it really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Like I was like, Cool. A, a more mature version of his show where they do deep dives on scientific topics while keeping it kind of light and comedic and stuff. I What I wasn't expecting was for it to look like Chelsea Handler's show where it's just a bunch of celebrities goofing around and doing... Doing segments and bits and things like that, it it just it really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because that's it seems like it's all celebrity cameos and this that and the other. I I would have preferred, I don't know, maybe you know do them in, in front of a live audience, sure, but maybe instead of having celebrities assist you, maybe have you know pe- members of the audience assist you or other famous even. Celebrity scientists like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think he's on it, uh, but you know, I, I, I use this person. Never mind. He's actually on it already. He he might be. He might be. I, I know they're buddies in real life too. But it just felt a little too poppy for me. Like i But that was the point. The
0: point is to feel poppy, and by having these celebrities on it who are probably already associated with Netflix in some way, shape, or form, well, it's just...
1: I, I, I mean, I don't think that okay. is the point of the show. I'm just saying, from from what I've read in interviews and the press releases and stuff on it, this is a show meant to uh, combat anti-intellectualism, uh, you know, in the, in the world right now, and anti-science culture a bit, too, and I, I feel like... And I mean, you know, Bill Nye in, on the old show and in other projects he's done, he always ha- he, he has a lighthearted touch to what he does, which I, I wouldn't want to lose that. But at the same time, I've, I feel like maybe having all the, the celebrity stuff pulls it too far away from that to where I, I feel like his message is going to get muffled by Zach Braff and uh, Turk from Scrubs reuniting on the show. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, because I completely disagree with your mm-hmm. thoughts on it. Um, I think it's a great way because it's going to bring people to watch a science show that wouldn't have watched a science show anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, not everybody is like us and have played um, the classic Bill Nye show for us or for their children. So I think this is a way to, for for the the little younger people to connect mm-hmm. to it
1: they're like oh like the thing is So, i'm, still well, I, I'm just saying you know I, I don't think the intended audience is younger people I, I think the intended audience is people who were younger when bill nye was on i'm, I'm just you know I, I'm, I'm just trying to you know throw out some information that i've read about the show yeah you, you know from the creators and stuff like that just say just to help inform your opinion that's all
0: okay well i'm still excited for the show
1: no, that's fine. That's fine. And I'm sorry you can continue your point. I, I wasn't it's trying to interrupt now. you. I was just trying to...
0: It's fine. What's, what do you have in the universe box now?
1: Let's see. Over here in the chat room, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Wynn says, easy, lazy format choice, I'd say. And then Angel says, is there an anti-science culture out there, I'd say? Yes.
0: Yes. It's, I'm going to not talk.
1: <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. No, go ahead. <laughs> it's the administration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you silence all of the national parks and you know everybody,
1: well, I, I'd say there's a bit of that out too. I mean, you have like a anti-global warming movement, you have the anti-vaccination movement, you have the anti-GMO movement, mm-hmm. and I, I, it's it's a lot of uh, it, it's a lot of I feel that this is wrong without having facts behind it. I think that's kind of the point of the show for Bill is to uh, you know, sort of. Just bring it back to the facts and bring it back to science, you know so like i I hope they're successful i'm just saying that, as excited as I was for the show, the trailer this morning kind of left me a little cold that's all okay so let's see here from my universe box is a uh, There's some news uh, from the View universe, uh, and that is that uh, Jay and Silent Bob are getting a reboot. Uh, Now, on Instagram this week, uh, I think it might have been today, actually, Kevin Smith announced that while Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2, or Mallrats the series, depending on when you heard about it, are both being shelved. He's not, not quite done with the few askewniverse. Uh, now, to quote Smith, uh, he says he said on his Instagram, All last month I had the time of my life laughing while writing Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which I guess is the working title. Mm-hmm. A fun flick in which the Jersey Boys have to go b- back to Hollywood to stop a brand new reboot of the old Bluntman and Chronic movie they hated so much. It's a ton-in-cheeks, silly... Satire uh, that pokes fun at the movie business uh, business's recent redo obsession, featuring an all star cast of cameos and familiar faces. And I already met with the good folks at Miramax, and they're into it. So I'm hoping we'll be shooting this summer. Uh, So this is kind of interesting, an interesting development. I've kind of grown weary. I, uh, a little weary of Kevin's non-View Askew projects uh, with the exception of Jersey Girl, which I, I loved. I think I might mm-hmm. like it more than any of the View Askew films except for maybe Chase and Amy. Uh, so I, I was looking forward to both sequels uh, but still the reboot sounds like a direct sequel to Jane and Silent Bob Strikes Back mm-hmm. and I, I will also make fun of the reboot itis that we complain about on this show so much. Yeah, we do. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I think I, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see how it Shakes out, but he also mentioned in his post that one of the four leads from Clerks 3 didn't want to come back. If I had to to put my money on it, it would be the latest introduction to the Clerk mythos from Clerks 2, Rosario Dawson. Dawson, yeah, she's probably outgrown. yeah. Uh, working with Kevin Smith probably. Uh, do you have? Well, I mean,
0: co- not necessarily working with Kevin Smith, but maybe she just doesn't want to.
1: Yeah, she that's very have true to. too. And he's changed a lot since Clerks Two came out. And too. that's
0: sort of how I actually feel about it. Is these movies were great when I was in college and watched mm-hmm. them constantly and could quote them, like start to finish. And now I just I don't think we needed the sequels when yeah. he did them. Like. I, I, everything doesn't need a sequel. <laughs> everything doesn't need a sequel. Everything doesn't need a reboot, well, I, which I, I see is what he's going to be making fun of, yeah. kind of. I just, you know, Jay and Silent Bob are getting old.
1: They, they have a podcast called that, actually.
0: I know. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not on Team Kevin Smith as much as I used to be.
1: That's fair. That's so. Fair. Okay, so uh, we're going to... Uh, Give you an idea of some holidays that are coming up on February 10th, Friday, tomorrow. Tomorrow. uh, To celebrate. Amory, what what holidays uh, do we have to celebrate?
0: Tomorrow is Umbrella Day, Cream Cheese Brownie Day, very specific brownie tomorrow, and Plimsoll Day. What is a Plimsoll? I have no idea. I just put it in. I didn't have time to look it up.
1: You have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna look. up I was gonna say
0: I'm gonna look. Um, Well, while you're looking that up, over in the chat room, they um, are talking about how they would much rather have a new Bill and Ted, uh, but apparently they're working on it, and Hollywood red tape is slowing them down.
1: Yes, that's been sort of the rumor for a few years now. Has it? That that, that's happening. Alex Winter kind of he mentions it in an interview for this, that, or the other every once in a while. Yeah, it's still happening, Keanu. Yeah, it's uh, we're still working on it. So hopefully one day. Oh, uh,
0: okay. Plimsoll. Interesting.
1: But yeah, Plimsoll, I guess it's a shoe. Nope. I, I, I got Plimsoll shoe. And oh, no. It's a day. De-
0: no, it's a day dedicated to the man, uh, Samuel Plimsoll, who made sailing safer. Oh, I guess it does those shoes. But apparently that made it. Yeah. Plim- and yeah.
1: Wynn says <laughs> Plimsolls were a band, too. So. Yep. There's a few Plimsolls. There's celebrate par- the celebrate them, them all. Yeah, celebrate definitely. them all. Okay, so now, what are we excited about this week? We're offering up our recommendations in suggestible. suggestible. Okay, so as we want to do uh, on this show... We're going we're to take this segment to kind of review something that we've seen recently that we thought you guys might be interested in. Uh, this week, it's Powerless, the new sitcom on NBC. Set in the DC Universe, uh, this new series follows the adventures of Emily Locke played by Vanessa Hudgens as director of research and development at Wayne Security, a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises. It's also based in the fictional American metropolis of Charm City, uh, and the company specializes in products for ordinary humans who are poised to be victims of the battles between superheroes and supervillains.
0: What superheroes associate with Charm City?
1: None it's a it's a well uh, w- the Crimson Fox in the show uh, but I know
0: I I mean I, it's
1: not a city from the comic
0: I feel like I've heard it before though I I mean I can I can do a quick Well no Charm City is Baltimore but I didn't know if like literally Charm City was
1: a comic. I, I don't believe it's from DC Comics. I, b- I believe it was. Uh, I, I believe it was created just for the show. Yeah, okay. yeah. This article confirms it was created just for the show. So, okay. I, there's a lot of other stuff from the comics, though, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but Anne-Marie, what do you think about it?
0: Um, okay, so this was a show that I didn't really want to watch, but I'm kind of glad that I did. Uh, most shows that I watch these days are really, really serious and not so bright and fun. Which I don't know when I sort of stopped watching the bright and fun things. Um... So it was a perfect change of pace for my weekly TV regimen. I am now curious to see how long it will take them all to realize that they are actually working for Batman. Like season two, (laughs) season three, next week. I don't really know. Um, And if that's going to change anything at all. Like when you realize that you're working for Batman, like
1: talk about a non-disclosure agreement you're going to need. I I did like at the end, though, where they were like, how did Batman get one of these things that we worked up with?
0: Yes. I I love that they're just dumb enough to not put it together. There. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also way into all of the like cheesy looking villains. I'm like, oh, da, 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 da. I was yeah. like, okay, see, so you're you, you may enjoy. Um, and the hero that we are both completely convinced actually works as Mr. Wayne, not Bruce, but the other Wayne, his assistant. Yeah, I'm yeah. entertained by that one.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think if if any of the main office characters on the show are the Crimson Fox, it's definitely her. Totes. Uh, but, you know, I, I've kind of fallen off the sitcom band- bandwagon in recent years, so it really isn't my style anymore. But the one word I can use to describe this series is journey. No, I'm kidding. Uh, potential. Ah! It has a lot of potential, I think. Uh, First of all, it's nice to see a series set in the DC universe that doesn't feel like it has to explain all the history behind the DC universe. That's Uh, true. Many DC adaptations act like the audience uh, won't get it unless they have the full history. It's kind of like saying you won't understand the passion of the Christ without watching the Ten Commandments first. It's like... There's a lot of stuff that's happened in this universe. You don't have to know every story to appreciate the little a story on its own. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, the comic timing uh, between all the characters left a little bit to be desired, I thought. Uh, but considering they completely reworked the premise and reshot a bunch of scenes, they, that really isn't surprising. That That's going to affect the time. Timing's a very delicate balance, and when you rewrite three quarters of the episode and you know right. do a bunch of reshoots you're gonna get that uh the characters are just there in a lot of ways and i also found van wayne played by uh alan tudyk uh pretty annoying i i, really I did didn't too like, i didn't really didn't like i mean i know that's what they were going for but i really didn't like him it, in- it
0: wasn't the he's just annoying he was this guy's annoying. Make him go away.
1: Super annoying. Super yeah. annoying. Uh, but if nothing else, I expect uh, Danny Pudi's character uh, to be a favorite because he's sort of uh, he's one of these guys who who worship at the feet of Apple's design aesthetic and everything. Oh, it has to be minimalistic and this. And he's he's very much like a design head mm-hmm. a- and I, I think that's that's the type of character that's very ripe for parody and uh, I, I think danny poody's uh i loved him on community so i i mean he's a great guy to do it see this is what makes me nervous is <clears throat> i didn't like community mm-hmm. i was
0: i never got into parks and rec like i feel yeah. like am am i going to still like this mm-hmm. you know
1: but I, I will say, if nothing else, the title sequence for the show is mm. amazing. Uh, it yes. it basically basically it takes all of the characters from the show and puts them in the backgrounds of classic comic book covers, like Action Comics number one, and then they'll do like a little pan, and you'll see. You know, Danny Pooty standing behind a streetlight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, a brilliant, inspired title sequence that I'm surprised no comic book show has ever tried before. Yeah. But then again, I guess there's never been a comic book show about the people. Behind the people. Yeah. Or behind the comics. Yeah, just citizens living in a comic book world before. Right. I mean, there's been comic books that have addressed stuff like this, like Marvels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, th- this is That's what it was about. Uh, and there's uh, like damage control. There was a DC book that was about an insurance company. Or no, they were the crew that would come in and clean up after supervillain battles. Nice, I uh, you know so so the, the, it, it's a uh, concept that's been played around a lot in the comics. First time ever seeing it in another medium though, but it, I, I also really enjoyed uh, the cameos mm-hmm. in the show. First of all, Adam West is the narrator. Now it's hard to say, but it seemed like the narrator might be bruce wayne himself based on what he was saying because mm-hmm. he it was kind of it kind of sounded like from the perspective of bruce wayne that right. the narration did so if nothing else it was nice to hear his voice but it would be, would be really cool to get him to reprise the role of bruce wayne one last time
0: but how's he gonna do that if the dude's still out fighting crime
1: I mean, it could be like a Dark Knight Returns era Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, an older Bruce Wayne. Uh, th- that could be fun. Or if not, maybe they could do like a CG younger like they did with uh, people in a Star Wars movie that I realized if I said that, that's a spoiler. So I won't say it, but, you know, I'd just make them – or I, I, they did it with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Civil War, I think. Oh. They, they made it – they basically took – Because they have so much footage of him in the 80s. They took that footage and composited it onto him and made it look like robert downey Jr. from the 80s was in civil war so you know maybe for sweeps or a season finale or something they could yeah. make adam west look like younger adam west i uh, also mark mcclure uh appeared as emily's father uh, mm. in just a little flashback sequence uh, he played jimmy olsen uh and there it is <laughs> in the old superman movies and he also played marty's brother in back to the future uh, he he gets a small cameo. It's obviously taken, I think, from a longer scene from the original pilot. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm hopeful that he'll at least get you know one oh, episode. Good, so. You know, Dad comes to visit in the future, which is a very sitcommy thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Over in the chat room, let's see here. Uh, Monica says uh, that she liked the bit of Community she did watch. Or sorry, that's Angel. Angel. And Monica said she, that she hasn't watched it, but Alan Tudyk. Uh, she she really likes it's Alan Tudyk. Uh, he he was uh, Van Wynne. Oh, okay. Which, trivia, is a okay. comic book character uh, that appeared once in, like, 1949. Nice. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Okay, so as we often do, uh, it's time for the arbitrary scale. Uh, how do we feel about it based on a random number of things from the episode? So Anne-Marie, mm. out of 52 vials of Joker Anti-Venom, what did you think of the season premiere of Powerless? Series premiere.
0: I will give it 40 vials of Joker Anti-Venom. Why? um you know as it has is like my catchphrase there's room for improvement Mm -hmm. um you know like you said though it was a little bit awkward because you could sort of tell that there was reshoots and stuff like that and it is so different from stuff that I've been watching and I don't I haven't been watching those types of shows yeah so they kind of annoy me sometimes Mm -hmm. this one didn't but we'll see if the future episodes do yeah, we'll see how long I stick around.
1: Yeah, this feels like a a series that by episode three or four well, I'll probably not want to stick with it. Yeah, right. Uh, they, they need to kind of find as a troop. They need to find their voice, I think, right. and, and that's why I'm going to give it a little lower than you. Actually, I'm huh. going to give it a 38 uh, as in 1938, the year that Superman first appeared in Action Comics number one. Yeah, I could never files of everything. Joker, Anti Venom. Uh, just because, yeah, it it I liked a lot about it, but at the same time I don't feel they were cohesive as a unit so i'm i'm very very hopeful that uh you know as we move through the season here it's going to build up and everything right okay so what did you guys think of powerless what did you guys think of the boxies we want you to let us know please bladder skype Okay, we don't have any blatherstick guides for this week. But as always, you can uh, go ahead and hit us up. Contact at universebox.com. Twitter is at universe underscore box. The Instagram is the same, at universe underscore box. (laughs) The Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash universeboxshow. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Now, just a a bit of a programming note. We won't be doing the show next week because we have a commitment on Thursday. So we'll we'll be taking a week off, but we'll be back in two weeks, fresh in Mm and powdered and ready to go for another wonderful universe box uh by the way michael two weeks Michael, oh, is it two it's weeks? It's in
0: two weeks. Okay, so never we're mind. off Tuesday. Okay, here's the programming note. We're not doing Lost next week because we have a commitment. Then the following week, we're not doing Universe Box because of a different commitment because okay. we're just so busy.
1: Fair enough. Uh, by the way, Michael Lucera Sarah just popped over in the chat room. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Okay, now, as we often do, uh, always do, at always. the end of this show, uh, we have some takeaways for you. Okay, so first off, you guys like Gotham a, a lot. lot. Uh, Kevin Smith might never escape Jersey. Uh, Don't play the Grace and Frankie trailer in mixed company. Unless you all have a sense of humor. And most award shows are dumb. But the boxies aren't. aren't. Remember that for next year. Please. Okay, uh, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online?
0: Um, You can find me on Twitter at Simone.
1: As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com. And uh, you know what? You can follow us over on Twitch to twitch.tv slash universebox. We'd really appreciate it if you could hop over there and – Do that for us. That'd be sweet. That'd be great. That'd be great. Wonderful. That'd be sweet. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great.
0: That'd be fantastic.
1: Okay, well, I guess that about does it for this time. Thank you again over there in the chat room. You can always join us at 8.30 p.m. EST, live.universebox.com. Most Tuesdays and Thursdays. Most Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you sign up on Twitch, you'll you'll always know when. Okay, so I guess that about does it for this week. Until next time. Remember remember to to think think outside.